podcast. I'm Dr. John Cook. I'm so glad you joined us today as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. This is part 12 of lesson number 30 on the doctrine of eschatology or the doctrine of last things. We are going to see in this study what the Bible says about the visible, physical return of Christ into this world. We're going to look at his millennial reign and get a better understanding of it. Then we will look at the great white throne judgment and those that are judged there. We will also look at the Lord's kingdom as it goes right out into eternity. To the end of his kingdom, there is no end. Sorry about that, but my mic died. So this is the next day, and I'm re-recording the part that my mic died on. So we're going to pick it up at this point and go on and complete this lesson. In the millennial reign of Christ, we will see the removal of the curse upon this earth and upon all of creation. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6 through 9 tells us that the wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them, and the cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox, and the sucking child shall play on the hole of the ass, and the winged child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. That's quite a description when you think about it. A major change in comparison to the way things operate today. It's going to be a wonderful time, a time of glory, a time of comfort, a time of joy and gladness. Truly, the millennial reign of Christ is going to be a great day. Sickness will be removed in the millennial reign of Christ. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 17 tells us, For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they called thee an outcast, saying, This is Zion, whom no man seeketh after. We're going to see fulfilled the promise of Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5, that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And get this, and with his stripes we are healed. The Lord will heal the nation of Israel of all their diseases. And God will dwell with his people on this earth. We see this in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 3. There we read, And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God. Truly, this is going to be a wonderful time, a time when we shall enjoy face-to-face -face fellowship with the Savior and with our Heavenly Father. This will be a time when we shall rule and reign with Jesus, our Lord, in his millennial reign. At the end of the millennium, we've already seen that Satan will be set free for a short time. At that time, he will gather an army to strike out at God once more. His army shall be destroyed by fire out of heaven, and he shall be cast into the lake of fire. 
All of this we read in Revelation chapter 20, verses 7 through 10. The great white throne judgment takes place according to Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15, following the end of the millennial reign of Christ. At that time, man is going to come face to face with Jesus, but not as their savior, but as their judge. So let's look at the scripture, which says, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. Where this great white throne judgment takes place is in the sky. Verse 12 goes on to say, and I saw the dead. These are lost men, the small and great stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to their works. You see, man is going to get the wages of sin at that time. Some say, I'll just take what, what's my just deserts. Well, you're going to get it if you choose not to trust Christ as your Savior. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. Those that are already in hell are going to stand before their righteous judge. The one who offered them salvation, bought and paid for by himself with his precious blood. But they rejected it. Now, Jesus is their judge. No more opportunity for salvation. Only judgment, and that forever. It says, and they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. And this verse tells us, that whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire, which the Bible tells us is the second death. This judgment is not to decide salvation, but justice for men who will receive the wages of sin, because that's the purpose of this judgment. Man's going to get what he deserves outside of Christ. Those judged are the dead, and they shall end up in the lake of fire where death and hell have been cast. It is at this point man will receive justice from God. Man is going to get his wages, the wages of sin, at the great white throne judgment. He'll be cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. Following the millennium and the great white throne judgment, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. This we read about in Revelation chapter 21. Look at verse 1. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. Isaiah speaks of this new heaven and new earth in chapter 65 and verse 17 of Isaiah says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. Peter talks about it in Second Peter chapter three and verse thirteen. 
saying, nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. This old world that we live in will be gone. The apostle Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. This is when global warming is going to be for real. Simply put, you ain't seen nothing yet, brother, if you think global warming is in operation today. This tells us that there is nothing in this world that shall hold us. Because everything in this world and the world's lust thereof shall pass away, according to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 17, and also 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 31. Now, what effect should the knowledge that this world is going to pass out of existence what effect should that have on us? That everything in this world, the fashions of this world, will pass away. What effect should that have on us as born-again believers? The answer to that is found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 11 through 13. Listen to what it says. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. There's that global warming again. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Simply put, it should cause us to live for the coming of the Savior and cause us to put our treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 20 tells us. We are to be diligent that we may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 14 tells us. We are to live for eternity, not for today, not for time, but for eternity. Now look at Revelation chapter 21, verses 2 through 7. It says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. This is the Lord's bride. It's a city coming down from heaven. And I heard a great voice out of heaven, saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. See, this is when our tears are going to be wiped away. There'll be no more tears after this. No more death. No, no more sorrow. No more crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. Thank God we have a great promise. That all the tears of this world, all the sorrows of this world, the sickness of this world, death, it's all going to be gone. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. Now, there are some that say that this earth that we live on will be renovated. 
that it won't pass out of existence. But this scripture says he makes all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and faithful. God is emphasizing for us that this message of a new heaven and a new earth is the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. He goes on to say, and he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. The Lord is going to dwell with us forever. The sorrow, the pain, the tears, the death, all the bad things of this world will be gone for eternity. And the Lord himself shall rule and reign over us throughout eternity. And we will serve him with joy and rejoicing in the goodness of our blessed Savior. We as born-again believers will live in the new Jerusalem, which will descend out of heaven from God. This will be our dwelling place forever and ever. Amen. What a wonderful description we read of this new Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 21, verses 11 through 23. It's a city whose foundations are glorious, whose streets are pure gold, jewels adorn the walls, pearls are the gates. And the greatest of all, the greatest of all, is that Jesus is there. So we see then the visible, so we see then visible, physical return of Christ into this world is an absolute certainty. We understand that in the millennial reign of our Savior, it is going to be a time when God's people enjoy righteousness on the earth. But those that want their own way, it will be a time when they, when they will build up resentment against the Savior. Such resentment that the devil will, at the end of the millennium, find ones that will attack the Savior and lose that battle for the final time. Then shall come the great white throne judgment, where all are judged according to their works. Man will find that God pays man what he is owed. If he insists on getting it, what he is owed, the wages of his sin, by rejecting the Savior, God is going to give it to him. We closed it all up by understanding that the Lord's kingdom shall go right out into eternity. To the end of his kingdom, there is no end. Our prayer is that the Lord will use Lesson 30 to cause us to look more and more for the Savior's coming. May the Lord be glorified in our living for the Savior, is our prayer. Hey, this is John Cook again. I want to thank you for joining us in this podcast. I encourage you to join us in the next podcast as we continue our series on Systematic Theology 2. Hey, while you're here, why don't you click that subscribe button and follow us, and you'll be notified just as soon as another podcast is released. Appreciate it. God bless. <music>